Hearing voices, voices and feet and stumps in her mind. It's not true. My dad is actually walking around my house right now just because you can't hear it. So true. Doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm, Debatable. I literally was just watching a YouTube video about a woman with schizophrenia, though. It was very interesting. (gasps) I am always like, I have this weird thing because I have Mm -hmm. OCD. Like, Mm -hmm. I get like anxious about random ass shit and it like mm-hmm. it just spirals in my brain for yeah. like and there was like a time where I was like constantly like obsessed over like the possibility that I might have like schizophrenia mm-hmm. or like some sort of like psychiatric disorder this makes me sound really crazy but like I promise you like other people with OCD have this yeah. um but I would like obsess over like if the sounds that I was hearing and like the things that I was doing were real or not because I was Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know why I just like got like fixated on that but then I also just like I think I had this perception of like schizophrenia as like a disease that's like really unmanageable I'm sorry I'm bringing Mm -hmm. this up before we even said hey besties hey besties but hey besties (laughs) I just want to say that that video like literally (laughs) put it in perspective and this woman was she was she's a mom to like a little baby and she like lives with schizophrenia but she's like totally like doing the damn thing like gets getting treatment like being like she's a really great mom and I was like watching it I was like oh my god like this is great mental illness is stigmatized so much that it just like it is you start thinking that it's like a death sentence to be diagnosed with a mental mental illness and it's not anyway it's truly not has nothing to do with the movie that we're watching yeah no but that's what you guys come here for anyway like the 20 of you mm -hmm. I think you like the the unhingedness of it all that's such speaking of which i realized in retrospect after listening to last week's episode that we like missed like three things on our like agenda like i didn't do my summary (laughs) like what the fuck it's like embarrassing (laughs) at this point like we just don't Hmm. we just don't follow the recipe we just don't we just throw it out the window Mm -hmm. every day Um, that's fine but today, I think, you know, we're going to try a little bit harder. Today, shout out yes. Brittany. Brittany! For giving us the idea to um, share the movie that we're watching in advance. Yes. We're already behind on our social media, so... So sorry. Sorry to everyone, but... It's fine. We are going to try harder to, like, give you notice so that you can maybe watch the movie with us. And then yeah. we can talk, and that makes a lot more sense, and I don't know why we didn't think to do it earlier. But Honestly... It's fine. Some people have these. Some things. people have common this that that thing mm-hmm. called common sense. Mm-hmm. We, we do don't. <laughs> we do it's not. That's lacking. why we count on you. That's why we count on you, lovely twenty. Mm-hmm. The twenty of you, barely, barely yes, twenty of barely you, barely twenty. But the ones who actually listen, <sighs> yeah. you guys are stars. Unrelated. Um, I have been like seeing angel numbers everywhere. And it's more like angel numbers. Just like different combinations of numbers that are supposed to like indicate like pos- like good things coming to you and like luck and that your like spirit guides or what. Not that I believe in all that. I don't know if I believe in all that shit, but it's like if you see like 1111 or like 444, it's like supposed to be like just any like random like repeating combination mm-hmm. of like patterns of numbers. I don't know much about them, but I just Does know that they're good. Does 727 mean anything? I have no idea. That's probably one to look up. Why though? Okay. 
because I see that one all the time. Like, anytime oh. I pick up my phone or, like, I'm doing something, it's normally you, like that That's time. totally... If you see it, like, frequently, it's an angel number. Oh, I see it, like, every day. Then it must be an angel number. Like, I, I swear. I pick up my phone every day at, like, 727. Like, not even, like, purposely. Mm. I do... Not that, but, like, I feel like I'm very punctual and I don't even realize it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, like, just st- decide to stop doing something. And when I look, it's, like, the exact on the hour... Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, like, like just transitioning activities at the exact hour, yes, you know, so or like true. I'll be like, I'm gonna be there in, you know, at four, and then I like plan to be there at four, but then when I pull up, I'm actually there exactly at four. I'm like, oh, oh my god, so nice, so like it just feels so good, you know. It's not yes. even on purpose. You wouldn't think that though. The way that I act with my job, I act like I start at nine fifteen, <laughs> even though it starts at nine. Oh my, sorry about that. <laughs> You want to get into our weeks a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What At this point, this who week? goes first? I don't know. We don't know. Whatever. You want to go first? Sure. All right. <clears throat> so, in this here week, what did I do? This here week of this here month of the <laughs> year 2021. Yes, yeah, so true. What did I do this week, though, for real? Monday. You had kind of a crazy past couple of days. Oh my god, the past couple of days have been hectic. But like, I don't think the other half of the week yeah. was like that. Like all the excitement of the week got like pushed to the last couple of days of the week. Yes, okay. Monday and Tuesday, I literally don't think anything happened to me besides mm. like going to work. Mm-hmm. I might I might have been late to class on Wednesday. Why was that? Um, I was I woke up early and was like, okay, I have time, and so then I closed my eyes again. Fatal mistake. And- <laughs> yes, I closed my eyes again and woke up and it was like one seventeen, and class started at 1. Dude. So I was like, must run. I've must done the opposite the of that. I have this one class that I one time fell asleep in because he put us like, for the last like 30 minutes of class, he was like, you're just going to do independent work and then we're going to check back mm-hmm. in at the end. But I just, when he said independent work, I said, that means lay my head down on my desk Oh, and then I did not wake up mm-hmm. until an hour later. And he does this thing. This one professor, he like waves us all out at the end of the class, mm-hmm. so that nobody is like alone on Zoom. He and was alone just... with my sleeping ass. I mean, my camera was turned off, but I wonder yeah. how long he waited there to like see if I was gonna respond <laughs> before he ended the meeting. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> and I've never asked him about it. That's embarrassing. Sorry, man. Ryan. Shout out Ryan. We love Ryan. So true, Ryan. That's very sorry. Embarrassing I so you. interrupted you. You have so much more to tell us. Do I though? Yeah. I, I, well, it depends I on guess. how much you want to share. This is um, up to you. Thursday was Thursday, I think. Friday, we watched the movie. Yeah. But what did I do before that? I went to work and then I went live for no reason. Oh, yeah, you went live with Rio. Yes, me and Rio went live. Um, for literally no reason. And I was at Joanne's Fabrics watching you yes. as I shopped for yarn. Yes. <laughs> um, but then Saturday came. <laughs> this was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was quite a day for me. I don't, I'm not sure why. It literally, was quite a day it was for me. all just yesterday. Literally, everything happened Saturday. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, Saturday happened. I went on a D A T E. We don't speak that word on this Mm-mm. podcast. I went on one of those things Mm -hmm. with a person who will not be named. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting experience. Mm -hmm. 
don't think I will be doing it again. In general or with that person? I'll choose not to disclose. Okay. (laughs) But it was quite an interesting experience. Um, Very awkward. Um, Hmm. A bit forced. That's I did get a not free the meal. Greatest vibe. Yeah, free meal. That's when I got a free meal, so I'm not even mad about it. Mm-hmm. I was prepared to pay for myself, but then the person was like, uh, "I got it. I'm gonna pay for it." And I was just like, like so okay. "Say less." That was early on in the in the date. She she said that like early early on. No, like when we walked in and ordered. Oh okay. That was well, that's nice. It was like it was established that you were gonna be getting your food for free. When I walked in and yes. ordered. I was prepared to pay for myself, though. But honestly, though, that starts the date off on a better note than if you were, like... Right, so I was hopeful. So, I was hopeful. Yeah. I was hopeful. I think we were we agreeing with each other. We just weren't realizing right. what the other person was right. saying. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, I, don't, I sat down, and then it kind of just went downhill. And honestly, I didn't realize it had gone downhill until after, and I was recounting the events to other people. Mm-hmm. And, like, was telling people, this is what what happened mm-hmm. and that's when I realized maybe it was not as average as I thought it was mm-hmm. I don't want to say good it was I don't think it was good you thought it was it became more I thought it was subpar. a 5.5 I thought it was a 5.5 okay. because Tamara did make you rate it in peaches she did she said rate it in peaches I was just like oh my god fine Mm -hmm. I thought it was a 5.5 but then like gradually as I told other people what happened and how you relived the experience relived the experience of the things that came out of I just can't I've done that before but not with dates just with things in my life that I'm like haha Mm -hmm. haha listen to this really funny story and then I tell it to people and they're like that was trauma. That wasn't that, exactly. That's giving very much trauma. It's giving very much a traumatic experience that you're coping through by using exactly. humor. And then exactly. I'm like, oh, that's literally. Thanks all. for like. Yes. Just really, you know, fucking mm-hmm. up my my Put brain was good. There. I was doing good. I was at a ten, and now mm-hmm. you're bringing me down, and now I have to explore this trauma, and I don't need exactly. to be doing that. There was a reason exactly. I wasn't doing that, and I was laughing about it because that's how I like yes. to explore trauma mm-hmm. in a humorous mm-hmm. sense. Yes, it's the only way, the only acceptable mm-hmm. way. Literally, the only acceptable way. Um, we need to go to therapy. Is what I'm learning yes. from this conversation. Yes, it's fine. It's fine. Oh my god. Um, what happened after that? Oh. Oh, we awkwardly so departed. More. We awkwardly departed. Mm-hmm. And then me and Tamara went to get her other nostril pierced. We found out that she has a thick left nostril, but her right nostril is not as thick. Which as one did she get pierced one. the other day? She got the right one pierced. So the, Saturday, the left one was the one that the, she had had pierced before. Mm-hmm. And it was and really thick. Yes, yeah, she had to like pierce it like three times. But the other one was no issue. Mm-mm. They got it in there. Can no she problem. like feel that? Apparently not because she didn't know. Well, we thought it was like to a marry thick nose you're a medical then, anomaly. <laughs> yes, we thought it was a thick nose, and then we found out it was not a thick nose. It's a just thick a thick nose. Nostril. Just a thick nostril. Yes. Um, <laughs> then we came back and went to uh, the Mexican restaurant on that's not on campus, but it's like adjacent street from campus. Mm-hmm. Yes, and because it was my coworker's birthday, and so we went and had fun. You're going to leave it at that? Yes, I am. Okay. I don't want to 
incriminate yourself. Yeah, no. For legal reasons, I had a shrimp quesadilla. Yep. With rice. And you were turned off that shrimp quesadilla. Mm Mm-hmm. It was great. Then we Mm. came back to my residence hall, and we, because there was some kind of party. It wasn't a party. It was an event that they were hosting. It was Mm -hmm. a pajama um, event. Mm -hmm. And so then I came, and I painted, and I won the contest for best painting. It's a pink forest. Thank you. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't even know what it was going to be until it became. It just came out of you onto Mm -hmm. the page. Wow. Mm -hmm. A true artiste. Yes. Thank you. She can rap, she can sing, and she can paint. Mm -hmm. Who knew? No one. Because none of these things are true. Ha ha ha. Um, But then I came back to my room and pondered life. Today I made my friend cook breakfast for us this morning. You held your friend (laughs) at gunpoint and forced her to cook for you. (laughs) Yes, that's literally what happened. I forced her to cook for us. I was like, thanks. Oh my God. Breakfast. And then I came back to my room and slept. Until now? Mm-hmm. Excellent. A beautiful That's week. That's the end of my week. My week. What did I do? Um, Nothing too crazy, I feel you like. went to the park. Wait, what park? Some park. The park. Oh, with, the, with baby. the baby. Yeah. I went to the park. Why do I know what you did and you don't? Because it didn't feel like a plan because it was work. So I, like, forgot right. about it. But, like, when uh-huh. I was at work, I... It was nice out this week in Portland, so I took my baby to the park. My baby, that's not my actual baby. Yes. Um, but she, you know, just she's being her little cute little... Wait! Did my internship still happen this week? Was that this week? Or did I talk about that last week on the podcast? I don't recall. No, it was this week because it was Monday. <gasps> <gasps> Bitch, I haven't talked about this on the podcast. Okay, okay, okay. Everyone, Elisa is gonna be famous. Oh my god, please stop. Conclusion. Mm. Um, I got an internship at a place that I don't know if I can say. So I'm, I don't know that I could. I'm just not gonna. You say You signed it. A, a, an NDA. I didn't sign an NDA, but I just like got an internship at a screenwriting company. It's not really I important sent you where it is. An NDA to sign. You can't. Yeah. You can't disclose. Okay. <laughs> I won't <laughs> disclose. But I'm really, really excited about it, and I, like, this is like a weird thing. I feel like I haven't talked to you about this, but like when I was trying to decide what nanny job I was going to take for this summer, mm-hmm. like I felt very like intuitively drawn to the one that I'm doing now, not just because they were like, they had a good vibe cool. or something, but it was just yeah. like, I was like out of all the job options that I have, like I was like, there's no doubt in my mind that this is the one that I want to take. Mm-hmm. And I took it knowing it was part, a part-time position just based on vibes, literally just yeah. on vibes because I was like, I feel like this is the right position for me and now turns out I have enough time with that part-time position to do my internship for as many hours as I want to be doing it every week so it ended yes. up working out great and I'm going to be making like twice as much money as I thought I was going to be making this summer because the internship is paid because I don't apply to unpaid internships because I think that that is yes. unethical and companies yes. that do that are fucked up so true um, but so now I'm going to be making like hella bank this summer i'm actually gonna be able to save up for rent i was like i stuttered getting that out because it stresses me out so much to think about it it's fine but but we got um, it under control now yeah so i'm really excited and i don't know like they're really um they have been very tight-lipped about what i'm gonna be doing at the internship but i it's a surprise it's a surprise but honestly anything at this company i'd be happy to be doing so it's like doesn't matter Mm -hmm. to me i'm like i literally will I live in Portland. This company's in LA. I'll fly coffee to you. 
I was trying to say, you won't be like getting coffee orders because I could if that's what you they could, want. Like put it in. I'll put it in the for them. Starbucks at the Starbucks in that location. There. And then I'm gonna Grubhub it to their office. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. That's what I can you're do that do, if that's actually. what they want. I will be doing that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, and then I feel like the rest of the week, nothing crazy except for today was Mother's Day. Shout Mother's out. Barb and Yolanda. Yes, queens. We love them so I'm much. Barb, my queen. Yolanda, I'm Barb's my number queen. one stand. Well, back at Yolanda. I think we talked about this. I think we had this conversation <laughs> last week. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just love each other's moms, we even though do. we've never met them and we've never met exactly. each other. Exactly, it's fine. Um, but today, my parents got us up. My mom loves to go hiking, and that's like her favorite thing to do for Mother's Day. So yeah, we went on should. a hike mm-hmm. for Mother's Day in Washington, which is yes. like Washington is close, but this place in Washington was far away, and we had to wake up at seven in the morning and drive out there. We didn't get back till two p.m. I want you to just take in how long that is. That's that's it's a long fucking. Hike. I would not have gone, but I'm proud of you for going. I mean, I love hiking. I just didn't think that the commute was going to be as long as it was. It was like two right. hours in the car both ways, like an hour and a half at least. Oh my that's god, I had to wild. burp. I do not hike. You are better than you me. will if you ever come huh? visit me. Hmm. That's like the only thing that I like ever take friends who could come to visit me to do in Portland. I'm like, just get ready to be hiking all oh week. Oh my god. I it's, don't think I've ever hiked. Oh my god, it's beautiful. It was actually very beautiful. It looked like the entire time we were walking, my dad is like a big Lord of the Rings fan, which like I'm not, but mm. I respect him and his mm-hmm. desires. Um, but the whole time we were walking, he was like singing the Lord of the Rings like theme song from the Shire. Mm-hmm. Cause it looked like we were in the Shire. He was like, doo 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 doo. <laughs> we're just on the trail and he's just like singing it to everyone who passes us by so yes. oh and then my dog was on the trail with us and there was one part where we had to walk across a waterfall mm-hmm. and he like couldn't do it he was so scared he was like water no <laughs> he hates water so much my dad had to carry him across a waterfall it was sad so true. but it was very cute but that's it for my week what do we do next Summary. That's what I was like. I have to look this time because I'm gonna forget because I I forgot last week. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. So this week was my pick. Obviously, I think you all know that. Obviously. And I made Elisa watch Dream Girls because it's the best movie, one of the best movies to ever exist. And that is. Thank you very, very true. much. Very um, true. So summary, it's. Um, movie musical from 2006 and it's basically um bill well it was based off of the broadway show Mm -hmm. of the same name and so it's about three girls who are very young who want to be um in a girl group why are you laughing very young they are very young (laughs) children (laughs) literally minors but anyway (laughs) (laughs) they're very young and their dream is to be in a girl group and just sing with each other and so um it's basically the story of their growth through the music industry as well as like kind of parallel to the supremes um time in the motown music Mm -hmm. industry um and with their label so that's all i'm gonna say because we're gonna go through everything right so well beyonce's in it there you go Mm mm-hmm Beyonce, Jennifer Hudson. I was surprised by every the people that were in it that I didn't know. The cast were. is really, really good. Yeah, it's great. Very I was like, tasteful. Very, very. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, my rating. Rate it. Rate it. Nine out of ten peaches. 
Yes. I it was like on the cusp of ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. The only reason I took a point off because there are very few movies that I I would ever rate ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Like there's I think four movies on my letterbox that are like full like highest oh rating and i have like 750 movies wow. on my letterbox. Oh you don't think God. any of yours are no oh you're more critical th- than me you know my ratings don't make sense oh yeah you're kind of just like <laughs> my dad would call that a lo loco like you just you do it a lo loco which just means like <laughs> i don't even know how to describe that just like random ass shit yes like, yes anyway i said nine out of ten because the point off I took off for I wasn't like we'll discuss this later in more depth but I Mm -hmm. wasn't a fan of how they did like I know this again it's like an issue that happens every time when a play or a musical is turned into a movie Mm -hmm. they have to cut things out for time because a musical is usually like three Mm -hmm. and a half hours long or some shit because it's like an intermission and stuff yeah there's two acts and I felt like right so then I felt like the the passage of time was a little funky. It was like mm-hmm. a, almost like too accelerated for the storyline to make as much sense as it could have. Like I felt like it would have made mm-hmm. more sense if they had, I don't know what they would have done. Like, I don't know how they could have fixed that. So it's not on them. Like yeah. it's just trying to condense a bigger story into like two and a half hours. Right. But I felt like it was very fast paced and I was like mm-hmm. missing some stuff. Um, and then I also kind of was disappointed in the lack of Jennifer Hudson that happened in like the middle of the movie like yeah I thought that she was gonna be like I didn't like what happened to her character and I know that that's like (laughs) the main thing in the story but I was like really upset that they like that whole like section where they're kind of showing the rise of Mm -hmm. dream girls without Jennifer Hudson without Effie Mm -hmm. I was like damn like I really want to see Effie thrive right now and this is making me really sad so that was why I took a point off but other than that this was actually her first movie really this was her debut wait did Jennifer Hudson get famous on American American Idol Idol. yes yeah Mm -hmm. okay okay that's what I thought she came from American Idol winner she did not win she didn't win Mm mm-mm damn she didn't win who the fuck won over Jennifer Hudson is my question I can't remember somebody who. who isn't memorable I think that might be false, though. Hold on. Now I'm Should curious. we look it up? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna search it up. Jennifer Hudson. She plays seventh. What? In the seventh, the third season of American Idol. So who won in the third season of American Idol? Um, the winner was okay. Fantasia won. Fantasia won. Okay. Who? She's she's good. Yeah. And then the runner-up was Diana DeGamo. I don't know. Who don't know is. who that is at all okay yeah Fantasia's good I remember you know what I remember watching this season and I remember watching Fantasia I definitely did not watch this season but I do remember oh wait no I'm I'm wrong this is 2004 I think I remember like my parents talking about this but I would have been too young right but the people like the most memorable okay I loved Kelly Clarkson when I was a kid but I never watched her season yeah but I think there was this guy who was on Okay, David Archuleta. I remember watching mm-hmm. him compete. Did you watch the seasons that he the season that he was on? No. Okay, I loved him. If anybody was like an American Idol like viewer in their dun-na, youth, dun-na, dun-na, you probably remember him. And then there was a right. <laughs> and then well, this is like back in the day too, because I guess American Idol is still on. But I'm like, no, I'm talking about American Idol with Randy Jackson, yes. Paula Abdul, and Simon Cowell. Like yes. I need. Though those three those. people, that's the real American Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I did like it when J-Lo was on. But, like, who was the other guy? There was this guy who had, like, a crazy name, and I'm not going to be able to remember it now. But his name was, like, Sanjay or something like that. He only had one name. And I remember him being, like, the butt of every joke at my dinner table for, like, the (laughs) entire season of American Idol. My parents were like, I can't believe he got through the next round. Like, they hated him (laughs) so much. They were like, God damn it. Like, Oh, my God. He wasn't very good. I mean, he had, like, he was one of those guys that we were like, Really? Like, you're mm-hmm. gonna move on and not this other person? Like, mm, that's unfortunate. But, um, I liked, though, out of competition shows, So You Think You Can Dance was my shit. I didn't watch American Idol that much in you're comparison. You're a dancer, that's why. Yeah. But it's better than Dancing with the Stars. I a lot of competition shows. I hate Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars is rigged. And it's also just celebrities being bad at dancing. Yes, but, but so you Normani think you dance was is, like, great. Really good. And then she didn't win. Who? Normani. Mm. From Fifth Harmony. Did Zendaya win the season she was on? I don't know. This I is relevant. It doesn't matter. She did. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But she might not have. She should have. She won in my heart. Yes. Anyways. <sighs> Anyways. The movie. Do we? So it's. What do we? Do we do anything? Wait. I have to tell my my background. Yeah, but it. tell me your background. Okay. All right. So it's came out in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. I was like five. Mm-hmm. My mother absolutely loved this movie. She went and saw it in the theater. Um, I love that. So then what, after she saw it in the theater, she like burned herself a CD of all of the songs. Oh my God, I love it. And What's burning a CD? To? That's what our anybody under the age of like 17 oh. is going to ask if they listen to this. Burning a CD is when you take the tracks illegally online. On LimeWire. On the line. <laughs> And you basically put a blank disc CD mm-hmm. in your computer. Where these are back when you had like the, the stand up thingy. Yeah, you would stick it in there, and you would basically drag and drop each song yep. onto the CD, and then it would like it would go be on the uh, CD. Yes, <laughs> until it was on there. And then you basically have a CD or an album mm-hmm. that you did not have to purchase. Exactly. As she should. So, yes. Her Yolanda. (laughs) Yes. She got her CD, and so then we would be driving around listening to it. That's all we would listen to. Mm -hmm. So, I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, it's Beyonce. Beyonce is Beyonce. Beyonce is in this. And so then in third grade, we had this wax museum thing, (gasps) and I dressed up as Beyonce for Wait, you like went to a wax museum? No, we had one. How That's do what you they have a wax museum? Okay, it was called a wax museum, but we <laughs> all dressed up as the people. And you would put, like, a button on your desk, and then, like, people, like, all the other grades would come and push the buttons on the desk. And, and then you'd you tell them about, about yes. you or whoever yes, you were who trying I, to be. who I was. I was Beyonce. That's iconic. But that's scary was, that they called it a wax museum. Why wouldn't they just call they it, like, it interview museum. a celebrity day? <laughs> anyway, whatever. No. But we had the wax museum, and I was like, hello, I'm Beyonce. I was in um, Dreamgirls. You might know me from my hit single, Single Ladies, and something something to that nature. <laughs> something like that. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I we found the CD recently when we were cleaning out my mm-hmm. grandparents' house. Um, and so I put it in my car and yes. have been giving, I've been delivering performances ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. It's just the music itself can take you to a different place, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Also, I I wanted to be in a girl group, so right, a seventies girl group to be Ugh. specific. So 
Yes. Exactly. I love that. Oh my god. That's like mm, if only it was the seventies. Literally. Please. <sighs> this is two weeks in a row that we've talked about how we wish we were born then. Yes. Or like grew up. Honestly, then. at this point, someone make a time machine. At this point, we're gonna have to settle for the TV show I'm writing. Yes. That might do the trick. But anyway, you can't tell Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy, if you're listening. Ryan Murphy, hit me up. I got an idea for you. I got a pitch deck Mm -hmm. and a script that's 75% done that I'll Mm -hmm. finish in one day. Yes. If need be. Anyway. So true of you. um, Do we want to. I don't know. Like, we don't have to, like, go through the entire, entire thing. I feel like we've been doing that the past couple weeks, and it's like. I just kind of point you in the direction of the the things that I wrote down. Well, the yes. first thing that okay, I wrote down do is that. me not knowing that this was on Broadway. Like, okay, I didn't know until the movie started and I was like, this sounds like it could be a musical. And mm-hmm. then I looked it up and I was like, oh, because mm-hmm. it was 25 mm-hmm. years ago. Like yes. 40 years ago, actually. No, it was like mm-hmm. the 80s. I always think that like 1980 was like 20 years ago and it's like 40 years ago. Very, I very think it's like math of you. 2000. Um, anyway, so that was that but like yes. it felt musical-esque in the way that they did a lot of it like I could see mm-hmm. how a lot of those like scenes could just exist on a stage yes you know what I mean like uh-huh. and I can imagine that if it was a musical there'd just be like different sections of the stage that would be different areas of have right. you seen it have you seen it on stage no okay I wish <sighs> have they ever done a revival of it Yes, we talked about this. We did? Mm-hmm, because Amber <laughs> Riley was in it. Oh, yes! We did talk about this. <laughs> I'm stupid. Oh, my God. Well, I was intoxicated the other night, so. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not until after I finished Dreamgirls, though. I had to take right. notes. Um, but, well, yeah, okay. So that was, like, just kind of my first note. I don't have that that many. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like, I don't know, like, the big overarching thing that I felt throughout this movie is like Effie was a metaphor for like within this group. She was Mm -hmm. like a metaphor for how Eurocentric beauty standards exist on Mm -hmm. American society as a whole and affect black women. Yes. And I thought that was so interesting. And that was like, yes, what her characters, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? Um, it's definitely, definitely true. Um, I know a lot of people, I don't know, I guess we wanted to do Dream Girls at my school. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big thing. We were always like, oh my God, I want to do Dream Girls. But like the thing was, we didn't have like enough black people to do mm-hmm. it because it is such a, a black centered no, show. No, yeah, there's like no white people that had like speaking lines in this exactly. movie, which was great. I think Fucking it's refreshing like, as hell. <laughs> exactly. I think it's like one of the most like expensive movies in like the history that has a black center cast. Yeah. Um, but. The thing was, like, when we were discussing, like, when we were dream casting, like, out of our classmates mm-hmm. and stuff, we knew who was going to be what. Mm-hmm. Like, who it, was, it wasn't. I was going to be Dina. As be you should! <laughs> I was going to be Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really clear who would be what, and it wasn't, like, based on vocal abilities. Right. right. So it was more of a thing of, oh, okay this would be your role because you look like this Mm -hmm. or this would be your role because you don't look like this right type of thing and so even then like that was like middle school and we were trying to do that so we obviously like knew what was and what wasn't like i guess acceptable in the eyes of like the 
general public, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but then when you do shows like that, you're put like putting that kind of. I wouldn't want to put a middle schooler through that, mm. you know, knowing that oh, this is my like the things that Effie went through and having to portray that. Right. It's um, like serious uh, subject matter. Yes, it's a very serious subject matter. And then at the same time, you like have to know like oh, I'm this is my role because I'm larger or right. This is my totally. role because all of this. And so when people identify with her and then see her, you know, come up, it's really really excited I think that's yeah. why my mom liked it so much because she was heavier at this time because she had already had like she just had my brother probably mm-hmm. um cause he's 2000 something or maybe she had my sister you know I can't remember the year <laughs> 2006 she must have just had your sister right okay well then she must have just had my sister and so my mom loves to sing all that stuff she loves that but then after three kids you do get like your right. body goes through different changes. Mm-hmm. She used to be like an athlete and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you go through these changes, but I know that she loved Effie a lot and Jennifer Hudson in general. She was like a Jennifer Hudson stan, if I'm going to be honest. I love that. So she really identified with a lot of the songs that she sang and just a lot of the things that she was going through and feeling. Right. And so I think that's why she liked it a lot more. And that's why I think it's a good thing that we have movies like this. Mm-hmm. Although it does like... Sh- the first half of it is kind of like awful towards her yeah but I think that it like it does do a good job of like bringing up those questions it's not necessarily just perpetuating it it's like bringing Mm -hmm. that stuff to light and I also think like her character is like a stand-in for a lot of like at the beginning actually throughout but it's kind of she not overcomes it but like shows that it's they're not weaknesses they're strengths but at the beginning it's like they really show her as like um, the stereotype of like how black women can be negative, negatively mm-hmm. portrayed. Like she's very um, loud, like, outspoken. She's outspoken. She has mm-hmm. so many goals. She knows her mm-hmm. worth, and yeah. she knows that she she's not a backup singer. She knows exactly. that she like all this stuff that like she, these goals that she's trying to achieve at the beginning are portrayed in a way that like are it is negative, and it shows mm-hmm. it leads to her like. I wouldn't say her downfall because I don't think that it's her fault that she had this like the her like fall from grace that happens in this movie Mm -hmm. is like the fault of the system around her yeah and then just everybody just kind of failing her in her life and so her just like trying to live her truth despite all of that caused her to like I don't know like have to step away I guess Mm -hmm. but then I think the rest the end of the movie brings it full circle and does a really good job of showing how all those things are all these like stereotypical negatives about Mm -hmm. her are what brought her back to like stardom in the end Mm -hmm. when she like you know came back if that makes sense definitely that's like my my big takeaway from this movie and I really love this movie I want to talk about how good of an actress Beyonce is Okay, you're saying that now, but we're going to watch her other movies, and you're going to change She's your mind. She's not? Mm, maybe not. I'm going to show you two other ones that she's been in. Okay. One of them, you might... No, I'm just going to let you continue to believe this. Yes, okay. she's a great actress. In this... In this, she was really good. Yeah, I don't have a reason yet to believe that she's not a good actress. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Murphy is such a great singer in this. I think it's funny that you didn't know. This I didn't is probably know the first thing I saw Eddie Murphy in, besides Imagine That, with Yara Shahidi. I'm trying to think Have what I that? saw him in. No. You ever seen Imagine That? That's so cute. Mm-mm. It's a cute movie. What did I? I mean, I know I knew Shrek. he was Donkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I remember. Okay, funny story about Eddie Murphy. This is so random. My mom is a childbirth educator and a doula, 
she has mm-hmm. all these books in our house that are like mother parenthood books whatever mm-hmm. and she has this book that's like a collection I don't know if we even still have it but when we were kids I used to read it all the time I would just go through her bookshelf whatever like I was oh, bored look at you and there was this one that was like about celebrity families but like not mm-hmm. like in a tabloidy way it was like about women who are famous and that had were mothers and had had babies talking mm-hmm. about their birth experiences and one of them was Eddie Murphy's wife and there was a like a photo of him and her and all their kids together and so mm-hmm. that's why I feel like that's where I knew him from first before I ever watched a oh. movie of him or anything else I was like when I watched I think when I saw him in a movie for the first time I was like mm-hmm. oh my god mom that's the guy from your book <laughs> my mom was like that's Eddie fucking Murphy bro Oh my like, god! Like what? And I was like, well, all I know her from, and all I know him from is this book that you have about. Oh my god! It was like him and his wife and their kids. Alanis Morissette is in it. Oh. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I can think of off the top of my head. Just like different. It was like birth stories of mm-hmm. like famous women. Because of course my mom would own that book. Like yes, as she and of should. course I would like eat that shit up as a kid. I'm such a right? fucking weirdo. Yeah. Anyway, it's okay though. <laughs> I um. I feel like the next kind of thing that I want to talk about is like the dynamic between the three women mm-hmm. because it's based on the Supremes in yes. a sense, right? Like In a sense. It's like how Harriet is based on Kristen Chenoweth. Yes. Right. right. To, my, to my understanding, that is what I have gathered. And yes. Diana Ross is um, Beyonce. Yes. Okay. Love her. Dina. Um, oh, God, I love her. I love her. Diana Dina? <gasps> yeah. Mm, wow. Mm. Um, I think we did something there. <laughs> we did. We but did several things there. It's interesting because it's like, I thought that, so in the beginning of the movie, they all kind of know their place in the mm-hmm. group and they know that Jennifer yes. Hudson's voice is the best and nobody right. contests that. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into like what happens with them as we go on? Um, so they start out and they, um, basically, like I said, they are young, mm-hmm. very young. They go to a singing competition that they have, but they mm-hmm. were supposed to like go on second. But Beyonce, Beyonce aka Dina, Dina, uh, Dina couldn't get like her mom to go to sleep because right. you know, she can't she leave the house. Out. Yeah. Um. And so then they're like begging to get on the show or whatever, and Jamie Foxx is like, "I'll get you on or whatever," because mm-hmm. he's like mm, looking at the children. Yeah. Looking at the looking at these ladies. Yeah. And so they go on and. Well, they're about to go on, and the group before them have the same wigs as them. And so they're all mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. And so Dina's like, turn the wig around. Just turn it around. Turn it around. Yeah. And so then Jennifer Hudson's like, I'm not when, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to wear a backwards wig mm-hmm. and all of that. And so, but they go out there. They do really well. They get a lot of crowd audience um, or feedback and stuff. Yeah. The audience is eating them up. They're giving vocals, vocals, all of that. And then, but then that, they don't win. Right. They don't win. But then that night, they get an opportunity Yes, Jamie Foxx offers them to go sing with Jimmy Early, who mm-hmm. was pretty well known at the time in the R&B and soul um, music or that segment of music, that genre right. of music. Um, his but he's singers, not a real person. Exactly, no. He's just in his, this world, he is. Exactly. His singers um, basically decided not to go sing for him. Mm-hmm. And so they, Jamie Foxx gets the dreams or the dreamettes at this point yeah. the dreamettes at this point he gets the dreamettes to go and meet with um jimmy but he's like i only need two i only want two mm-hmm. backup singers he doesn't want more than two mm-hmm. but then they like get up to this thing on some kind of lift and he sees that the three of them and he's like oh yes he said, three's fine 
three looks just three. fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <clears throat> so he's like teaching them the song, you know. But when he's teaching them the song, you know, we have each of them giving their own, you know, you realize their individual singing voices as well as like who they are individually. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson is already seen as the protector, mm-hmm. um, the outspoken one, um, yeah. the front, the center, basically the front woman of the group at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. Um, Dina, Beyonce, is more of the... She's like the sweet one. Yeah, she's a sweet one. She definitely um, appeals to and um, I guess the European Standards, sense of like womanhood yeah. mm-hmm. and like being dainty and mm-hmm. agreeable and stuff like that. That's her. And then Laurel is kind of just along for the ride and, you know, very... Laurel is like the innocent one. Yes, Laurel is very innocent and she's really naive and looking for like all of these experiences, I guess. Right. She thinks love, she's grown. music, anything really. She's just trying to get these experiences under her belt, I mm-hmm. guess. But when they all individually sing, you can also hear that in their voice because Laurel goes first, then Dina goes, and then Jennifer goes, mm-hmm. or um, Effie goes. And so then this is where, I guess, your transition things that you were talking about, how yeah. they transition from like, right. one thing to another. is like very theatrical because they're learning the song, they're standing there learning it with him, and then suddenly it's a full production on stage right um it transitions to them performing live on and stage and they do this so, several times throughout the yes. the movie is like they use a song to transition through like big mm-hmm. events in the in the musical or yes. in the movie and i think that it's a good technique for like getting a lot to happen like mm-hmm. catching the audience up very quickly to what's going on yes but it's also like sometimes i felt like it was a little bit like i'll talk about this later but there's a part later where yeah, never mind. I'll, I'll bring it up when we get there. But yeah, it's like very much like even like what I was kind of confused about was the evolution of the car dealership to like a recording mm-hmm. studio to selling it. Yes. All that like happened so quickly that I was like, I didn't even understand that he was like a car dealer and mm-hmm. record label owner yeah. at the same time. Like I was like, what mm-hmm. is he doing? Like I was a little confused by that. That's yeah, Curtis. He was pretty much a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. He was, like, trying to be, you know, trying to get his label and start his label. Mm -hmm. But if it's based off of, like, how the Supremes and stuff, then this Mm -hmm. is probably how it went down. Really? For, like, the Motown, like, I feel like it was a label Mm -hmm. itself. But, like, that's probably how it went down, to be honest. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I liked it. I liked how they did that and all, like, the Mm -hmm. evolution of it. Um... I feel like also like another thing that's like a big prevalent theme in this is like mm-hmm. how music is like co-opted by different people oh, and yes. especially like how white people stole so much from mm-hmm. black people and black artists yes. and stuff and like that's exemplified through what's the song that they sing um Cadillac Car Cadillac um, Car because Cadillac Car um Effie's brother writes it at the dealership or like about the dealership about the dealership and so then it serves as like a promotional it's getting people to come buy Cadillac cars from the dealership and so they're using that money to also plug their music Mm -hmm. onto radio stations because if you don't have the connections that you need in the radio stations then you won't get any plays Mm -hmm. and if you want to get plays you have to have have money money. right and so then they start this whole like hustle thing where they're like the song is doing really well they're performing it live and stuff and then they're also uh, recording it in the um studio Mm -hmm. thing or the whatever it's called the dealership um but then after it started gaining a lot of traction a white group you know 
I don't want to call it like the Corny Collins show because that's hairspray. Right, but, but it's very Corny Collins as it's like American Bandstand. American, mm-hmm. yes, very Beach Boys, American Bandstand type TV show has uh, their own set of like singers, I guess, come on and sing the song on national television. And you know, when you hear stuff on the radio, you don't know who's singing it. You don't know you anything like that. You just think like the first person that you hear do the song is the person who exactly. And if the white group are getting more traction than the exactly. black group then it's obviously going to get Especially more people are going to think that it's yes their they original. announce that it's their song right and so they announce that it's their song and basically <sighs> they do them so dirty so and foul. honestly let me i tell you this i didn't realize um until like recently how much that like I was sitting and watching, I think, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was sitting there and, like, there's a part in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom that's in the very end of it that's similar to this. Uh-huh. Um, and so, after I watched that, I went back and watched this movie and I was just like, this is really... They do this a lot in a lot of movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or just those two for me. But I didn't realize what was happening. Yeah. Personally, like, when I watched it and I was young, I was just like, oh, okay, it's a slow version of the song. Oh, mm-hmm. right, yeah. Got me a Cadillac cat. You know, I was just, like, yeah. vibing. I was mm-hmm. vibing because I was just like, music, yes. Mm-hmm. But then, like, after I went back and was actually, like, thinking about it, and I'm this is, like, recently, yeah. I was really thinking about it, and I just really saw it, and I was just like, wow. I was really sitting here, like, vibing to this stuff, and I just didn't even realize the depth of what was happening. Yeah, huh, that's all. interesting. Yeah, no, I feel like the, there's no context for you to understand that as a kid anyway. No. So it's like, hmm, that's crazy. Um, I don't know. Do you want, do you have anything you want to bring up so far? We're like, I feel like we kind of gotten, we haven't touched on everything, but hopefully now that we're announcing the movie in advance and we don't have to like go over the movie exactly right. as much, I'm thinking. Um, but like basically after they have that all that happened with the car dealership song they kind of they decided to go over quote-unquote to the bad side is what they decided yes, that's to do not my favorite song and that what do they mean by that because it so, comes up throughout the movie uh-huh. like like they call curtis out at the end for going over to the bad side mm-hmm. and i don't know that i am clear on what they meant right so to my understanding going to the bad side is when they start i don't know if it's really this but you know you haven't seen my rainy's black bottom so mm-hmm. it really won't make sense i, need I don't to know why i'm making it. so many references to that one no it's okay but, drawing connections um, yes in music it's really hard for like white artists and stuff to imitate and um replicate the black sound mm-hmm. and so they start creating music that is like distinctly black right like they you can't replicate this or change this really into anything like uh, even Cadillac if you try to appropriate it yes. it's not going to sound the same at all exactly Cadillac car had the hook and everything it was pretty simple it was Jimmy and them who made it right. black and so then they start writing music about like black things being mm-hmm. black in this time and then also Curtis started doing like a lot of dealings and stuff yeah some, some that shady put them, exactly so in the end when they're talking about like him being arrested like falsifying like right, and like money laundering and, and plays shit, yeah. and stuff like that so in the sense they do it in the music as well as him in the business side of it mm-hmm. um and so then when he goes through doing all of that it also like affects like jimmy and his manager and stuff because jimmy's manager is kind of the one at fault for letting cadillac um cargo like mm-hmm because right. he wasn't doing what he would they thought he should have been doing but um, yeah 
but yeah that's basically going to the bad side that song is a bop that song is really good i can't drive and listen to that song i'll crash is that song before or after um the one that goes i want you baby that's in the miami club because that's my that, i feel like that um, one is an example of exactly what you're talking about yeah so that one is before okay but it's one of those things they, where it's like yeah they start out the song mm-hmm. in like a way that is I guess appeasing the audience yes. at this white club in Miami mm-hmm. and then Jimmy who's an actual musician you know kind of gets overcome by his musicality mm-hmm. and then just kind of takes it to a place that like no longer I guess fits what these white people wanted to see in their exactly. country club because mm-hmm. he's like putting all his soul into it and a lot of like you know just more personality into it than they normally would see mm-hmm. and they have a scene where like people walk out and shit yeah which is crazy I mean, I'm not fucking surprised because white people are stupid and think that ketchup is spicy, but (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) That's kind of when Curtis realizes that the girls can go far in that industry and that in in his sense or like his mind, how the industry is going to work. They can transition easily over into pop music as well as Mm -hmm. still having their foot in the door in like Motown soul and R&B. And so that's kind of the big change in the group is like when mm-hmm. he realizes that the only way, well, I don't know the only way, but the way in his mind for them to like elongate their careers is to have Dina be the front. Yes, of the because band. Dina is the one who appeals to and the, I guess, the European audience, mm-hmm. I guess. Because um, I think they show it in the movie. It cuts to this white man like literally just watching, watching her. Watching her, yeah, right. Like no one else in the room and it's just him watching her. And mm-hmm. so like that's when Curtis is like, oh yeah, I gotta put Dina's, her in the front. Dina's gotta be She's the, the one. Right. And She's so then the that kind of carries us into this whole next section of the movie. Like the middle section of the movie, I guess, is we see like Effie who Effie and Curtis are together at this point. Yes. And she feels really betrayed by Curtis's choice to kind of kick her to the curb in that sense mm-hmm. for the greater good of the band, which is fucked up too. Like, yes. I feel like they, they do this whole song about how, you know, like they're family and they have mm-hmm. to, this is how it goes and it's for the betterment of everyone. But mm-hmm. it's still so fucked that like the man who's supposed to love her does that to her. It's horrible. And so yeah, that kind of launches us into this section of her trying to deal with what it's like to be a backup singer Mm -hmm. and there's the scene the scene that i loved was when they were trying to record that song Mm -hmm. and she she refuses to let her pitch be you know lighter or like Mm -hmm. lower than the other women yeah that scene is so good i don't know like is that the moment where she storms out or is that in the rehearsal she storms out after that okay because he's like He's like, Effie, uh, back off a bit. Because, you know, Dina's trying to sing the lead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have two different mics happening. Dina's got her own, but then Laurel and Effie are sharing the right. same one. And so he's like, Effie, back off. And Effie's like, I'm trying. And so then um, she doesn't, obviously. Because he looks at Dina and is, like, complimenting her or something like that. Or Dina's like, maybe we should just wait till tomorrow. We'll and he was like, no, we're already it. late like this that was supposed to be out last a month week or a month yeah and uh, and all of that stuff and you know he's giving dina the eyes and so mm-hmm. effie's all like what and so then right. he goes they do it again and effie just is not doing it and so mm-hmm. he comes in there and basically moves the mic out of her mouth and yeah it's like if you it's don't do so it i'll do it for you and so then they try to record it again and so then she's just like does not give a fuck and she's mm-hmm. like singing directly into the mic yeah as loud as she possibly can that's the best part and then she like storms out 
And that's when she calls him out for cheating on her with Dina. She's like, everybody knows. No, that's the third one. Oh, that's later. That's later. Or earlier? No, that's later. That's later. That's when they're in those outfits that you like. Yes. The orange ones. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. That's, okay, there's another scene where she walks off stage during a performance of theirs. And speaking of outfits, that was probably my favorite fit that they wore. Even mm-hmm. though their hair looked a little bit crazy, I don't know if they did them that yeah. well with the like blunt bob look situation. Mm-hmm. The outfits were so cute. It was like a mod, like 60s yes. look. But then she gets angry while they're doing this show that she's, you know, like again, getting yeah. kicked to the curb, basically. And she walks. Curtis is like close up on Dina. Yeah. And so she walks in front of Dina during her close up and leaves. Yes. And then calls out Curtis and Dina for probably sleeping together. And then this mm-hmm. is like one of those parts where. Oh, I'm just kidding. There's a part that comes before this. So then this leads into her finding out she's preggers, right? Yes. That was the craziest part. I knew it instantly when they like... She finds out she's pregnant like when they try to kick her out of the group. Basically, yeah. And she's pregnant with Curtis's child. Because she goes to the... She's like late to rehearsal and they think... Because she walks out and they don't like hear from her anymore. And so then they're concerned like, is she going to come back? Is she going to do anything? Because they and have they a show And they hire a new bitch, Michelle. And so... Because they had already had her doing like the typing and stuff. Right. She was like secretary or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then Curtis just put her in the group. And so then Effie comes back to rehearsal after her doctor's appointment finding out she's pregnant with Curtis's child. And it was all like, I'm feeling a lot better now, you all. I'm ready to go. I'm going to go get dressed. Right. And so then her brother is all like, oh, no if you don't maybe you should just sit this one out Curtis will be up to talk to you later her brother as in blood her relation. brother blood relation his name's Cece right yes Ugh. so Cece he writes the music for the group mm-hmm. and so Cece is like go upstairs and Curtis gonna talk to you she's like mm, no I'm gonna go get dressed and on her way out gone on her way to get dressed Michelle comes out of the the um drape the things that with they have her cost- um, with, with, with her, her own dress on, on. Um, you know, just running her mouth, and then um, Effie's all like, mm, "Excuse me, what? What? What is this?" You and know. And then this song goes. I think I performed crazy. this one for you. It's all over. Is this song? Yes. The one she- Curtis was supposed to love me. Yes, yes. Ugh. This is this one. She goes, "I got pain." I don't know. That's not the right key at all. <laughs> Effie, we all got pain. <laughs> no, not good. I need to listen to the soundtrack religiously so I know it as well as I know like Hamilton and Wicked. Yes. I'm a basic ass theater bitch. Yes, I'm gathering that from and what I don't, you just said. It's never gonna get better. I'm never gonna like That's very disappointing. I'm never gonna, I'm gonna like start the sending niche you shit. some Okay, send no, me some like, niche things. Send you some some niche things? I don't know. Like what what is your favorite musical? Nine to five. See, I've never The Dolly Parton musical? Have you seen Nine to Five? Mm-mm. No, because it's on my list. No, exactly. Yes, that's on my list, but... Send that. <laughs> yes, I'll send you the 9 to 5 musical. That's my favorite. I used it for, like, a project one I'll time, and I was, like, soundtrack. obsessed. It's so good. Stephanie J. Block eats oh, on that I one. I love her. Because she was in Wicked. That's why I know who she is. She proud played Elphaba for part of yeah. the run. Very proud of you. A long-ass run <laughs> on Broadway. But I no, know you that. need to listen to this one. Okay. I will. Because you don't need to just listen to Wicked and Hamilton. And I've also listened to... Um, what's that story? <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay. Still pretty that's, basic, but... That's you. You know. Okay. Well, anyway. So then, I just wrote down that that song and I Want You Baby so far are, like, my favorite songs. Um, yes. And then, this was the part that I felt like the passage of time was, like, so drastic. Mm-hmm. 
was between finding out that Effie's pregnant and then she kind of gets kicked out of the group for good. Mm-hmm. When we cut back, we like go through this whole, whatever song it is that's happening during that kind of time, mm-hmm. passage of time. We see like the, I was about to say the Supremes. We see the dreams, <laughs> dreams, Supremes. It's close. Very close. We see the dreams like going through, like rising to stardom basically. And then like, when we kind of come out of that time jump, mm-hmm. Curtis and Dina, Dina are, like, are like fully in together. Fully, he's like serenading her. And I felt like that was the one part that was really hard for me to grasp. That I was like, mm-hmm. there was very little setup of it beforehand. Yeah. Like I think there was like hints, obviously, mm-hmm. but I don't even know if like I couldn't tell if the hints were just True. in Effie's head. Like if she was yeah. just making up that she thought that they were together, right? Because obviously they had like flirtation, but I don't know that they necessarily cheated together. Well, I feel like the same thing kind of happened with Effie and Curtis. Right. You never really knew. No. And so they, they it just was got really together. just the signs. It was kind of like if you watch, I guess because I've seen it so many times and I know what's going to happen, it's easier for me to like see these things. They're basically, I guess, directed or instructed to just like give each other bedroom eyes the whole well, time. Well, I also think that like when it, I guess when you're thinking about the time, mm-hmm. like the 50s, 60s, you couldn't do all that. Like, there's not a whole right. lot of flirting, like overt flirting that exactly. was acceptable socially. Yeah. So, in that sense, I mean, besides I guess that it's like, one scene where they were like sitting in the bar or whatever. Right. And but she wasn't even then. She wasn't like touching up on him or anything. Exactly. No. It was more like, "Are you even married?" And da da da. And, and like conversational flirting. Yes. You know and what? So, I wish that no. that was kind of what time was like. The times now. were like still like. I yeah. Feel like, don't touch me. No. Exactly. Literally, me. keep your hands off me. <laughs> You I can, will initiate you can look at contact. Me from across the room. I yes. will initiate contact if that ever becomes a possibility yes. on the table. Yes. Don't fucking Don't touch. touch me. No touching. <laughs> Literally. Off limits. <laughs> I feel like I like hugs from like three people. And three I really people? like to hug like people in my life that I'm very close to. But if mm-hmm. you're not my friend, don't do it. Don't <laughs> try to hug me. Don't try to touch me. I don't know. <laughs> my like love language is physical touch but it's like also very much like goes both ways like mm-hmm. I feel like the opposite is true too like if somebody who I don't like touches me it's like yeah. very jarring mm-hmm. you know that's why going to the club is not that fun for me right I'm like I just want to dance up on my friends stop Sorry. fucking grabbing me bro that's traumatic yeah my love language is words of affirmation mm. I love that for you Yes. Do you believe them, though? Because I just saw a tweet about this. And somebody was like, my love language is words of affirmation. I'm not going to believe anything you say, though. <laughs> like, That's it was probably like, me. That's she probably was, me. She was like, I want compliments, but I, then I'm going to literally not believe you. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that sounds about right. Okay. That's well, everyone take right. notes. Everybody yeah. who wants to go on a, another D-A-T-E with Jania, take notes. Yes. She's she's on the market. <laughs> I am on the market. Otherwise. Um, so then I feel like, you know, we jump into... Effie has, like, an eight-year-old daughter or something. Yes, it's right? like At this eight point, years It's, like, past. eight years have passed. And Dina's trying to have Curtis's, Curtis's children. Child. Let me have your child. Let me carry your child, Curtis. I said, excuse me. I don't mm. remember this part. Mm. This is I don't remember this. I don't remember this dialogue. No, thank you. Yolanda was probably like... She was like, let me have your sandwich. 
No, she no, said no. sandwich. So true, so true. No, no. <laughs> anyway, um, I do like this time jump. I think this is a time jump. I do like this time jump because it kind of it kind of transitions us from the era. Right, no, it totally takes us into a new, like, disco era. That's, I think that's why I like that. And you love the disco Um, era. I do love the disco. That's like But no, Curtis, like, serenades Beyonce, Dina. Yes. And everyone sings that at a, when I first saw you, I said, oh my, that's my dream. Mm Mm-hmm. That's my dream. Mm -hmm. He, and people sing that at weddings. Yes, Curtis. They did a duet version, though. Jamie Foxx and Beyonce. Yeah. Where she sings back to him. Yeah. The people sing it at weddings all the time. Mm-hmm. Cute. Cute, I guess. Cute, I guess. <laughs> Weird that but, you're standing them together and not Effie yeah, and Curtis. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I, like I don't really want song. him and Curtis. She's no. too good for Curtis anyway. I just think Both no one should be with Curtis. Yeah, I think Curtis deserves no one. Curtis yes. deserves no love. That's as true as it gets. <sighs> well, um, mm. this part I felt was very glamorous the fashion in this yes. era was the greatest mm-hmm. thing i think i've ever fucking seen in my life beyonce with like huge giant hairdos and mm-hmm. just like beautiful dresses and like mm-hmm. the makeup like the when she was doing the photo shoot okay the yes. one thing about that photo shoot was i was like they really darkened her skin at one point and i said what she's cleopatra <laughs> she's right but i was like huh not necessary but nice try huh? um <laughs> And yeah, Curtis is trying to get her to play Cleopatra. But he's trying to like make the movie himself. Right. And he wants to monopolize her talents. And she has an issue with that role because she is not interested in playing a child. And Cleopatra was young, I guess. Mm -hmm. And also just like in general, I think whatever the movie set, the movie is set in her youth. And she feels Mm -hmm. like it's going to like limit her as an artist and as like a woman. Mm hmm. Which I get. Um,. And also, people are so... The funniest shit about this movie. People are so up in arms about a black Cleopatra. Did you think she wasn't black? Literally so Where do you think Cleopatra's from? Norway? Fucking dumbasses. What the fuck? Literally hilarious. Like, Elizabeth Taylor is not anywhere near what Cleopatra looked like. So Uh -uh. if that's what you're basing your knowledge off of, like, go read a book or something. Go read an encyclopedia. Edumacate yourself. Edumacate yourself. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then also another thing that's happened during this time jump is that Jimmy and Laurel are together. Oh, very Laurel, much. Well, Jimmy and Laurel have had this kind of budding romance since the beginning, like since mm-hmm. she was like 14. But then they're like at the beginning of the movie. In the bed. Getting yes, nasty. Yes, because he's married. He's married, and so she was at the beginning. She was like, "I'm not gonna be with this married man." Right. No. I know she really when she found out up. on the bus. She was like, she, "Get your she, merry hands off of me!" Then I said, "I'm period." Uh, she should keep doing that. Yes, but now eight years have passed, I guess, and now her and Jimmy are like in the bedroom. I mean, it's like doing the thing. If you're that, on tour with each other the entire time, yes, I guess, and and you have no opportunity to like sleep with anybody else. I guess I understand you hooking no. up with one another, but like. Why is he married? Like he shouldn't He's even be married. He's literally married. Like um, that's that when Cece writes like, that song. Stupid. Yes. Which song? Patience. Patience. Little. Oh brother. yes. And then Eddie Murphy's so like wearing like a Rastafarian yes. look. Uh-huh. It's so cute. I yes, love that song. They recorded. They have the choir. They like recorded it so that they can surprise Curtis. And that song is supposed to have like a message about. Mm-hmm. 
the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You're welcome. We also glossed over the part where they were like talking about the Detroit riots. Yes. That's also it was interesting. Just, Effie stormed out and it it's was just like a little bit. Outside. But it's literally, yeah, she walks out until like the apocalypse. And Curtis is just like, this Don't is black go out there. business. Right. This is a black owned business. <laughs> While they were like shooting things. Literally. Up. Well, anyway, so then they record this thing for Curtis and Curtis is like, I hate it. Because Curtis this is a part of the sound. This is not the sound. He has, like, such a vision for what it is. I swear, though, like, his vision and the, the way that he wants them to make music is so mm-hmm. based on, like, white capitalist mm-hmm. ideals, which is, like... Because that's the only way to get ahead. Exactly. Like, it's not a fault. Like, it's not his fault, you know? Like, it's not mm-hmm. a critique of him in any way because it's, like, right. he but was just successful. Maybe the, definitely the industry. But he, totally. And it's just, like it stifles his artists on his record label exactly. because they really feel like they're not I don't know allowed to like be honest in terms of the sound that they have in their music exactly and um, at the same time that this is all going on Effie is kind of trying to get climb back up the ladder she's right? trying to get back on her feet because at this point after she like got they kicked her out of the group she didn't even look for jobs because she was like she, all she can only do thing I know how to do is sing, sing. And, and she so deserves then, to be on stage singing. Exactly. So then she's not talking to her brother. She's not talking to anybody, really. And mm-hmm. she's got this eight-year-old child she's trying to take care of by magic. herself. Yes. Love magic. And so then she goes and meets with Jimmy's old manager. Yes. And he Danny tries Glover, to help her. Who yes. was, at the beginning, he was the one who had the whole, he kind of fumbled the Cadillac car yes. recording. Anyway. Mm, yeah. And so then, he gets her a gig singing mm-hmm. at a club. The guy didn't even want to see her, but she like went in there and sang her face off. Sang her heart out. This part too, another critique of like Eurocentric beauty standards is that like mm-hmm. all the times that they show Effie like looking like down and out, she has she her natural hair. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's that about? Literally. But it's also like the time that it was set in, that's probably mm-hmm. accurate. I guess like not that that was a representation of somebody being anything less than like beautiful mm-hmm. and natural and gorgeous but I think that like in that time I don't know there's definitely ideals of like what was acceptable mm-hmm. hair yes um, and so I think that they purposefully put well, her in a hair a statement on that right in the beginning because they had to wear the wigs right. in the beginning and yeah. she was like why do we even have to wear wigs mm-hmm. exactly so. Um, so that's yeah another thing but then she kind of starts climbing the ladder and makes a song. Yes. Which is she excellent. She starts climbing the ladder and ladder. Why did I say ladder? Yes. And this is one of those songs, like there's a couple songs from this movie that I did know mm-hmm. before I watched this because I think like my mom has sung them or something mm-hmm. around the house. I don't know. That one I definitely knew. Yes. But then what happens to the song? Am I gloss- then, glossing over anything? No. Okay. I don't think so. No. Then um, Curtis here, because she's doing well. She's getting on the oh, radio. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Has Jimmy plays. been on the show yet? Hmm. No. Yes. Yes? Does yes. Jimmy happen before one night yes. only? Yes. Okay. Okay. Before one night after only. After patience. Sorry. After patience and after Curtis kind of trashes Jimmy's and trashes idea. Their idea because yeah. Jimmy is actually trying to like clean up his image and go into a different mm-hmm. route of music because mm-hmm. he's not getting as much attention as he mm-hmm. used to because the 
genre and like what's popping right now is changing it's really drastically. Changing, yeah. So he thinks that patience is going to change his image for him. It's going to do something for him and Laurel as well as for Cece and Michelle because right. Michelle is with Cece right now. And then his dreams all just get slashed. Yes, because Curtis, Curtis is like, no, it's not happening. So then Jimmy starts doing the heroin and right. Laurel is like, I'm not going to stay around for this. <laughs> and so Laurel leaves while he does the heroin and um, Cece is like, brother, you don't have to do this. And he's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And so he does the heroin. Um, but then it's like the anniversary of the record the, label, the right? record label. Rainbow Records. Rainbow Records. It's like the anniversary of Rainbow Records. And so to celebrate this, um, they basically orchestrate this televised um, performance, performance thing. concert thing with all of um, Curtis's um, clients performing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they got like a bootleg Michael um, Jackson Five. Totally, that he they're called like the Carter Connection or something like that. Yes, yeah, like something like that. Yeah. Um, the bootleg Mike, um, Jackson Five is performing, um, and Jimmy is supposed to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and Laurel is trying to tell him like it's time to get ready right. to perform get or whatever. But Jimmy is dead ass. On like high off his ass on drugs his wife is at the show too yes and Laurel finds out that his wife is at the show and she's like what the hell we've been together for eight years eight, eight unmarried, unmarried years, years. yeah <laughs> <laughs> eight unmarried years mm-hmm. and so um Jimmy's all like oh no da 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 you know trying to appease her and stuff mm-hmm. like that but it's not working this time and mm-hmm. so then um he's finna like go on he's like it's his time to go on stage because they're trying to have a yeah. conversation and he's like no Laurel I got a show to do mm-hmm. so he like basically goes and does his show he gets out there makes a complete fool of himself pulls because, his pants you know, down in front of everybody yes he's supposed to be um, singing um, I meant you no harm and it's I like a song that make you cry is in Curtis's image that like he you know it's very slow it's very, very ballad like yeah. yes and it's very emotional very calm tame and so he's alternating between between singing to Laurel off stage and singing mm-hmm. to his, his wife, wife in the audience and then he's and like so fuck this and just goes his like, own route starts rapping he starts just going like Jimmy got something what does he Jimmy say Jimmy got soul Jimmy, Jimmy got, got soul Jimmy got, Jimmy Jimmy got, got soul. soul and then he pulls, pulls his pants, his pants down, down. <laughs> um and they, they cut have the, to like they cut, cut the cameras yes dead um, ass and then kind of basically as a result of this whole situation he gets cut from the label and then we later and find out Laurel cuts him off Laurel cuts as him well off, yes. so at this point he has like nothing to live for mm-hmm. so then he literally does not live he ceases to live yes they find out that he died yes of a heroin overdose yeah and then is one night only after this yes so while all of this is happening um Effie's trying to like bring herself up. She's singing in her club. She's doing what she gotta mm-hmm. do. Yes. So then records she records the song. Records the song. And um then she's got this song one night only. And then doing numbers on the charts. People are playing it on the radio. Um everybody's liking it or whatever. But then Curtis um finds it because you know, after he turned down um, no, wait, because we have to go back. Um, after Jimmy dies, they're in the, they're having a meeting at Rainbow Records. Yeah. And it's, uh, they're listening to a song that CeCe wrote, but Curtis has made it a disco tempo. Mm. And so he's basically taking all of this, stripped the song of all of the emotion. And so yeah. 
CC is upset because he's changing his his stuff that he wants to do and stuff like that and he promised him he wouldn't do that in the beginning and so CC basically quits right and CC goes to Effie with mm-hmm. this song mm-hmm. and it's like right sing my song Effie so that this that's where she gets one night only right and so there she's singing one night only in her clubs or in the mm-hmm. club she sings at and then they get the record made and so they're pushing the record to radio stations and all that stuff so then Curtis is mad that CeCe went and, and did took something his song that he had originally written for the dreams yes. to Effie CeCe takes the song gives it to Effie and Effie's doing good with it right. so then Curtis is like well don't I have the rights to that mm-hmm. and then he still don't I still own everything he writes and stuff like right. that so he's talking to a lawyer so then he gets the song the guy who was running the um, Cadillac dealership with him yeah. is the guy who's basically his partner now mm-hmm. and so he's like Curtis you don't want to do that like there's no reason to do that we're fine without doing that and stuff like that and he just does it to spite CC basically he does it to spite CC and Effie and so then he gives the song to Dina and them and they turn it into a disco mm-hmm. bop and it's really but good I'm it's not gonna so lie good. I love that song it's so excellent. much but then and so it does numbers it does, right. it does big numbers but then like Effie they they find out that Effie right. and so then this kind of is where Curtis really starts going off the rails and he is just like fucking everybody in his life over. And at the yes. same time that this is happening, Dina is taking meetings with other directors about potentially John Krasinski. John Krasinski. And who is the other guy? Oh I my God. I, I It's the guy from Harry and the Hendersons, I think. John Lithgow? If I'm wrong, that's like embarrassing. But okay. Yep. Anyway, I think it's John Lithgow. Um, but she's taking meetings with them about starring in their film. Mm-hmm. And they ask her if Curtis would be okay with this. And she said, you know, Curtis is, it, it's not a problem, basically. Yes. And then at dinner, her and Curtis get into a little spat because he finds out that she was taking private meetings by the pool. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of expresses to her that she can't do anything without his written permission. He owns exactly. everything about her, basically. And so it kind of just fucks everything up because it's like, was this ever a loving relationship or was it just transactional you know like what the fuck Mm -hmm. Curtis and then she sings my third favorite song listen to the song here in my heart yes Beyonce (laughs) at least okay no but then what happens <laughs> she basically starts finding out what all went down with Effie's with record with Effie's song with Effie's record he she like is looking through some drawers or whatever and finds Effie's record mm-hmm. of one night only that they had before they even recorded mm-hmm. theirs and so she's like listening to it and she's going through it right literally going through it um, she's crying and stuff and so she's calling Effie up like apologizing and stuff mm-hmm. but then she also um, helps them out by basically giving them like all the records that Curtis has been keeping all the falsified records right. all the like so false she just basically turns stuff. Curtis over to the authorities or yes basically turns it over not to, not to the authorities to Cece to so that they Effie can... and Cece so that they can come and right the wrong that Curtis did to them mm-hmm. or whatever so they're prepared to sue him Right. And they he's got like, a y'all ain't got nothing everything. on me. Y'all ain't got nothing on me. And then they're like, well, actually, well, we have these books. Funnily enough. <laughs> and then at that same time, Effie and Dina kind of make up. 
and yes, Effie and also like, tells her, "I got a baby." I and she's child. she's she's about to be nine, and Dina's like, "Wait, <gasps> Dina's literally that meme of that lady doing math." <laughs> yes, she's like nine. She was doing it. She was like, "Huh?" And then she's like, and she's like, "Don't know. tell him. He doesn't Don't tell know. him." Um, but then what happens? Am I missing a big part? No, because then she leaves. Curtis comes in, gets mad at Dina for telling on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Dina decides she's going to leave him, mm-hmm. which is great. Her mom is in there. Right. And when he comes home, he's just like, Dina, get your ass out here. And then Dina's mom was like, hello, Curtis. I hear what you're saying. He was like, she's oh, like, hello. Don't what are you doing speak here? to my daughter that way exactly and so then Dina's like wait in the car mom and so then she waits in the car and she gets all her things and Curtis is like you finna leave me for real what I have to say about his mom too is like she was a witness to this whole relationship from the start Mm -hmm. because at the beginning he's talking about Dina and she says you're talking about her like she's a product yep and he doesn't deny it yep he's like yes ma'am basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes Um, Yes. and so then they kind of Everybody decides to go their own ways eventually. Yes, they basically the break up the group. And the that's group kind of up. the ending of the musical movie is them doing their farewell performance. Yes, they do the farewell performance. But then the best part of the farewell performance is the three, you know, Michelle, Laurel, and Dina. And Laurel, they do performing. their performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a version of like. And it's hard to say goodbye, my love. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see you cry, my love. Yes, yeah, they go and do that. And then good. they're like, but before there were just three of us. There were four dreams. And then they're da, like, da, da. bring out Effie, Effie so she come can out see. Here. And Effie comes out and eats them all up. And Magic is in the audience watching her mom sing and crying. Yes, and then... Effie is kind of singing to Magic. Right. And Curtis sees that from his balcony seat. He sees and he's looking out in the audience like, who is she singing to? Right. Sees the, do- sees the child there, runs down there, and it's just like, realization hits him. This is my child. He's like looking back and forth between Effie and the yeah. child and Magic. He's like looking and he's looking. And she's Magic's crying because her mom is up there <laughs> doing the dang so thing. Cute. It's great. Um, and... Curtis is just so shocked that he has a child. And that's basically the end, right? Yes. It ends, like, after him mm-hmm. just, like, realizing. Mm-hmm. And then they all just kind of pause like this. And I feel like that was the and weirdest... Like, that was the only part that I was a little confused about. I was like, they're not going to do any follow-up with this Curtis Mm-mm. magic no. situation? No. That's just it. That's it. It's like, huh? You get nothing else. Well... Nothing else. That is Dreamgirls. Yes. We are Dreamgirls, boys. We make it happy. We are. That's the other one that I knew. I knew that one, and I knew. Listen, of course, because listen, I knew just because of Beyonce. I don't know if you've seen the videos of that song, um, "We Are Dream Girls," but there's a part in the song where they're like, "Dream," Mm -hmm. but they do a close up on Beyonce, and Beyonce's head is just like, her neck is not moving; it's just her head moving. And so a lot of people were just like, "Oh my god, it's so funny." funny. Okay, now I see it. I'm just like, yes. Oh my god. Well, um, favorite quotes. Do we want to do yes. favorite quotes? Yes, she tell me your favorite I, quotes. The only quote that I wrote down, hold on, I have it right here. Because I feel like mostly the songs are like the best part, but the quote mm-hmm. that I wrote down was Effie comes into um, 
like Curtis's office at the beginning, like earlier in the mm-hmm. movie when they're like still in the car dealership and she goes yes. so why am I sitting here without so much as a b-side on a 45 when an amateur like Martin Luther King Jr. gets his own freaking album I mean can he even sing and that everyone's like so what and then she's like I'm just fucking with you <laughs> like she it's like it's literally oh so my funny. god it's so funny because Martin Luther King an album of his I have a dream speech is like came out and she's like she's like why am I not making records this man can't even sing it's so funny. I was like, that's Martin Luther King. And then she was like, I'm just playing. I was like, okay. So that was my favorite quote. What about you? Um, Mine is the part where Laurel breaks up with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy's like, where are you going? You can't leave me, girl. I love you. And then she starts singing. She's like, Laurel loves yes. Jimmy. And, so, and then she goes on and on, you know. But she's like, at the end, she's like, but Laurel and Jimmy are through in his ear and then she just goes on stage and yes, we're just like yes okay alright yes ma'am Laurel yes, is through Laurel. with Mr. Jimmy Laurel I love she her she ate him up as she should <sighs> so good well that's it that's that I'm that glad I remembered to have a everyone quote. watch it do we want to give our update what does she do this da, week da, 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 da. what does she update? do this week I don't know, nothing. I really. don't know either. I she can't recall. She did some story posts, some mm-hmm. promo posts, as she does. She did some little, yeah, little oh, PR some, unboxing. Kaylee Carter oh, yeah. posted the post from when she did The, the Glass, Glass Menagerie. Menagerie with Jessica Lange on in Broadway in 2005. Kaylee Carter posted, it. posted like a photo that some Broadway account had like it was like a Broadway Archives Instagram account had posted yes. like a photo of them performing and Kaylee Carter was like And so then what'd she say? It's something about She's mm, like not having seen this production haunts me every day. Yes, yeah, something to that nature. And so then, and so then I then Sarah, slid up well Yes. Sarah reposted, but then I slid up on Kaylee's story and I said, Kaylee, if you want the link, I got you. I have it downloaded. Just like so yes. You know. Um only for special people. Only like. for special people. Only for Kaylee. Um, yes. That's who. And so then Sarah it. posted it, and I told her to do a play again. Did she respond to that? She liked it. Oh, okay. So I think that's the sign that she will. She gets, She should. And if she wants to walk down memory lane, hit me up. Yes, I got, if Sarah I got wants to watch... The Glass Menagerie. The Glass Menagerie. I don't know. Am I going to get sued for this? Do maybe. I need to omit all this shit? Oh, my God. Well, I didn't for legal record reasons, it. We have stumbled upon... For legal reasons, this is not something that I created. This IP is not mine. <laughs> I've, it showed up on my computer. I don't know how. Randomly. It just arrived. It was a virus. It was a virus called the Glass Menagerie 2005 performance, Sarah Paulson, Jessica Lange, Christian Slater. Um, but anyway, so that's that. Um, Kaylee and Sarah... You're the only people that I'll be sending this link to, to if you'd yes. like. Um, um, but yeah, I'm not trying to incriminate else, myself. She? she posted her sweaters. Oh, yeah. The Those sweaters and then her promo box. Her promo box. We don't need to get into that. We're not talking about that. That's her business. Apparently, it's a Valentine's Day box. So yeah, if she got it on Valentine's Day, she's very late. She just opened it in May. <laughs> and she got it on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Sarah Paulson, worst Instagram influencer ever. <laughs> That's what ever. I'm saying. I could literally handle that for her. This is why I'm going to say it again and again until it happens, till we get to manage her social media. Because, hey, girl. Hey, girl. I have resumes. I can show you my Canva work. 
yes, kidding. Canva. I am not gonna yes, use Canva. Canva. <laughs> she gonna start posting infographics. But like, if she wanted, we could make her Instagram be like Reese Witherspoon's. You yes. know how Reese Witherspoon's is? Yes, it is. We literally could tip top. We yeah. literally could. Well, just gonna put that out there. I again. don't think she would want it though. She wants to look, you know, authentic. Well, I guess today's also Mother's Day, so shout out to her Paulson for literally like. Being a dog mom, being, being a dog mom, being like low key a mom to every fan ever, even though she doesn't yes. like to be called that. Even though she doesn't like being called mom, she's still, and I don't really. That's weird. Like I love yeah, my mom. She's still parents, but she literally yeah, like no, she's not my mom because no. Yolanda's amazing and Barbara's amazing. But that's why she's kind of like an aunt. She's yeah, she's the she's like a celebrity, the cool, cool aunt, aunt that you would like tell. She's the cool aunt. You. Of, of Hollywood. Like, I wouldn't tell my mom I went on a DAT. Oh my god, wait, I have a playlist of her favorite music. Yes. That's called, what's it called? Hold on, let me pull it up. The what collaborative it playlist. It yes, we made it together. It's called Cool Why Not. Mm, it's her. because she's Hollywood's Cool Why Not. Mm-hmm. You want to read her. the description? The description's really good. Ready? Yes. It's called The Unofficial Official Playlist of Tampa's Greatest Exports, Sarah Paulson, plus some mm-hmm. informed guesses. Mm-hmm. Yes. By us. Yes. Because I feel like at this point, we know, we know what type of music she likes. Yes, we've gathered. We've gathered some... It's pretty good. She wants the link. It is. We'll drop it we'll in her inbox. We'll send it to her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we act like... I literally act like we used to talk to her. You do, but I don't. <laughs> no. You don't... Not like that, but you know what I mean. No. We really don't have correspondence with this woman. Mm-mm. I act like we are friends with her. Most definitely be. not. Manifestation. Manifestation. Don't let Leslie Grossman hear us, but... I know. Leslie Grossman said, stop. She, like, shared some story posts about that. About stop stop saying people are your friends when you don't know them, and I'm like, ugh, you right. Like maybe she doesn't want us to call her bestie you right. on her lives. I'll be in her live talking about, hey, bestie, what's up? Who, what, Leslie? What you doing? Yeah. She has to know that that doesn't mean anything. I'm bestie. sure Goldie told her. Okay, you remember yeah. when I tried to call her daughter Goldie Hawn? No. Okay, well, it happened on this podcast. I wonder if her daughter was named after Goldie Hawn. That's cool. <gasps> that's a flex if really she's named think, after Goldie Hawn. I don't think that's. I don't. I don't. Think I don't know, but it could be. We should. We should investigate. All right. Well, moving on. Yes. Um, geography question of the show. Uh. Okay, I want to do this based off of this. What we talked about today. Oh Hold God. On. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, 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 uh. I want to know. Oh, God. This is an international question. Oh, God. What is the capital no. of Egypt? Because <laughs> we're talking about Cleopatra Cairo. here. It is Cairo. <gasps> yeah. Oh wait! I thought I know it was Alexandria. I know no, I know why I know that because mm-hmm. I had to do this thing for mm-hmm. my old job when I was a TA in the graphics yeah. lab. My teacher wanted to build a spiral staircase in the middle of the woods, but he wanted it to be um, what? <laughs> no, I, I'm going to need more context for that. <laughs> Where were you? Where was I in high school? No, this was like my first year. At college. In, of college. And he just wanted to go out into the woods and build he a spiral staircase. He wanted to staircase. build a spiral staircase in the middle of the woods, and he wanted to, like, base it Your off professor of did? My boss. My Your supervisor. Because I was a TA in the graphics lab. I didn't take the graphics oh, class, but okay. I was a TA in the I, class. Okay. 
so he wanted to go build it out there and he wanted to base it off of this um spiral staircase that's in some kind of like church somewhere and like it stands on its own there's like nothing no support holding Uh, it at all and so he wanted to do that but in the woods and so my task was to make an ikea um manual on how to assemble it oh my god and so i basically worked on that for like the whole time that i was in at his TA that was like my project that did I did separately did it happen did you build a staircase in the woods no no definitely <sighs> didn't build a staircase in the middle of the woods but I had to get, get like statistics on Ikea oh and so the Ikea in like Egypt is in Cairo oh the capital okay and so that's, that's how a very I roundabout that. way of getting yes, to that but that's conclusion how, but I, it that's wouldn't have been know. roundabout if you didn't ask about the spiral staircase well, but you asked you can't just drop a bomb like that and walk away. I can't. No. I think I can. Okay. I'm not going to let you get away with it. Well. I'm going to ask a follow-up. <laughs> One thing about me is I will ask a follow-up question. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you can always count on. Okay. Should we do our current obsessions? Yes. I always forget that's a part of this. I know. Me too. And I was like, I'm going to plan it out and pick one before I show up. And now I'm like, Fuck. I feel like we had them like the first two times we did it. Yeah. And then after that, it was like, mm, gotta think of one. And I gotta think, oh god, oh god, oh god. Oh yeah, I know what mine is. Okay, you can go first. Mine is that one TikTok song that's like, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. That song, I got really high the other night. Just the like part on TikTok or like, no, like, well, if you go to TikTok, if you go to sounds, you can like play it and it's longer. So I just right. go to the sounds and I play it. I don't even watch okay. the TikTok associated with it. Uh-huh. And I was like so high the other night and I was literally in my room in the dark. I didn't even turn one light on. And I just mm-hmm. played that song and was like dancing around my room like a crazy person to it really for like concerned. 15 minutes. Really? It was so much fun. I don't even know what Very that song concerned. is called. It's just a TikTok sound. I, I can't even find it on the internet anywhere else. Wow. Okay. <laughs> anyway. That's okay. mine. It's a really good to twerk, too. Not that I know how to twerk, but... Mm, at least it'll be throwing ass. I'm throwing it she back. Throwing her ass. she be throwing it ass. <laughs> Your turn. Um... Hmm. What have I been obsessed with recently? I think last week was the Jack and Jill theme song. Yeah. Um, this week, it is Patti LuPone <gasps> in Anything Goes. Oh. But there's just one clip of her singing um, a part in the song Anything Goes that was going around Twitter because it was her birthday a couple of days, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that video, there's like this one part that she just like belts no, the I've, fuck out of I this No, I think note. I've seen this, yes. And I just love it so much. It's like, I don't know, it's like an experience She's, for me every time I hear it. Honestly, like her and Nicole Kidman are the two people, the two celebrities that scare me the most. Like, I'm so intimidated by them. She's very, yeah. I'm not intimidated by Nicole Kidman. I'm by just Nicole scared of Kidman. her. But I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know Remember that I. When I showed you her earlobes, yeah, she. Has... <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to bash her earlobes. I really don't. <laughs> I don't They're know. just a little just, funky. They're a little yeah. long. But yes, Patty Lapone singing in the like terrifying. that one part. I know. Because she is I want her so, so bad. cool. I want to be her so bad. I want to be. You so said you want her so bad. I said what I said. <laughs> we said what we said. We're moving on. I heard that. Patty, okay. 
I can't believe that she and Holland are friends. That's what. That's it's it's <sighs> that interview it's that they did of each other mm-hmm. for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Ah! Mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. think about it to this day. Mm-hmm. I've seen it several times. Mm-hmm. Every time it gets yes. better. Yes. I don't know. I might have to go rewatch Hollywood just for both I know. of them. No, I've been thinking about this. Maybe we should rewatch it together. But I have to finish Studio yes. 60 on the sunset. Exactly. You're taking so long. I'm taking so long because it's finals, bro. So are mine. Well, I'm a well, senior. I finished it in a day. Never mind. Okay, you finished it in a day. Yeah, I don't have the willpower that you have. Yeah. I'm also just, I like, kind does. of over, like, as much as I love Sarah, like, I don't like watching her play, like, a, a Christian lady from the South. It took me, it, it was not like, I have to get through me. it. See, no, that was not doing it for me either, but, mm-hmm. like, I was like, if I don't finish it now, I'm gonna have to watch it tomorrow. Right. Okay. And I'm gonna have to continue I just, to watch I, it I the came off day. the high of watching her play a character that had my name. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I At was like, At least supremacy. She's so cool. Some people I, like, are like, oh my god, I love Harry I remember I'm just like, really? finding, like, a clip of Jack and Jill when I was, like, 14 and being like, mm-hmm. Sarah, character with my name <laughs> oh my god and then i watched it like religiously like this. it was like a one minute clip but it was of them's like it was like some part where she walks in and uh joel was like elisa's here and i was like they even pronounce it the same way like, i was like so excited <laughs> oh my it was god. so exciting for me anyway That's cute. yeah that was a small win when i was That's 14 so and i was really obsessed with american horror story coven and i watched it and so many times like a witch. and i started wearing black for a year that's the impact that show had on me. I didn't have a lot of uh, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's not okay. obvious. Um, it's okay. You have a lot now. I don't know about that. There's only a, a couple that I talk to. I think you friend. are the only person I talk to consistently. Oh my God. I feel so <laughs> But honored. that's because our entire relationship is based off of internet correspondence. Yes. yes. I have to talk to you consistently. Otherwise, we'll never talk. Exactly. If we don't talk to each other for like two days, we're like, man, I feel like we haven't talked to at literally all. because it's like I can't go to your house. What am I we'll gonna do? Like, go to Kentucky? We'll come do the little Facetime for the movie, and you'd be like, man, I feel like we haven't talked at Every, all. No, because it's like when a, well, like four or five days go by, and we're only texting. I'm like, aw. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded like Wendy Williams when she goes, oh, she passed away. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch that video I sent you of Wendy Williams spilling her tea on herself the other day? No. Oh my god, I'm gonna send it to you again. She spills okay. her tea on herself and then she goes, Are you serious? And then the then her like assistant director guy or whatever, her producer is like, What's going on? What's and he's like, Oh my god, oh my god, and she's like, It could be worse. It's just water. <laughs> she like freaks out. Oh my god. There's also like videos of like farting on air. Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> There's I've so many Wendy that. Williams. Is, I, the other way, I, it was, this is because I watched a compilation of Wendy Williams like bits, and there were so mm-hmm. many TikTok sounds that I never had realized were her that were her. her? Like the one where she's like, "What am I gonna wear? Am I gonna cry?" Yes, <laughs> no, that was her. Yes, that is her. <laughs> Should I wear a wig? Am I gonna cry? <laughs> <laughs> Wendy is a character. I love her so much. Dual peep, definitely. Dual peep is her. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. What would you do if you met Wendy Williams? Would you be starstruck? <laughs> no, I hope not. 
She might make fun of me or something. Yeah, I'd be scared. I'd my be mom like, one time Wendy. ran into Joan Rivers, and I feel like it's the same <gasps> vibe. My mom, no, like, I mean, ran into, like, no smashed into her in the airport. No way. And Joan Rivers was like, watch yourself. <laughs> she, like, no way. Out. Yeah, as she should. My mom should have been looking where she was oh going. Oh, my God, Barb. Yeah, my mom literally, like, bumped into Joan Rivers. That is... Oh, That's her one I celebrity interaction. Rivers. I loved her so much. Mm-hmm. I still do, but I mean, like... That's so iconic. I know. I, I want to go to the airport. <laughs> You've never been to one, right? No, I've never the been to an airport. So, I I don't really like them, but they are kind kind of cool. They like it's like an anticipatory feeling of your travel, so it's exciting. And like TV shows, they're like, "I'm gonna go get food at this place in the airport," and I'm just like, "What?" Yeah, there is food, food kiosks in the airport. What mm-hmm. planes and meals? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> It's really overpriced. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, we should probably end this so we can stop talking about. Oh yeah. Airport food prices. We're just gonna <laughs> keep doing this as soon as the recording ends. Mm-hmm. But it's like we have to end it so that Y'all people aren't like... bored. Yeah. <laughs> so that people come back next week. Right. Yes. Okay. This is always how we end. It's always a little bit mm-hmm. embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's okay. All right. It's getting very embarrassing. It's fine though. It's fine though. I'm gonna go throw myself back into homework now. Mm, yes. Okay, bye, besties. Bye, besties.